you're happy and satisfied with what the rents are today, and you can live with that return because it's still better than sticking in cash in the bank, then you're fine. And you can always do other things to enhance that return. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, got two questions for you. And this is for my fix and flippers out there. One, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And two, are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by reducing your loan payments to the bank or private lender? Of course you are, right? You're always looking to maximize the potential of your deal. So here's a solution. We got a solution for you through the crowdfunding platform, Patch of Land. If you're a loyal best ever listener, you know Patch of Land. They've been on the show many times. They've sponsored the show many times. They're back for more because they love you. They want to help you out. They want to add value to your life. And here's how they're going to do it. They have a solution to your financing issue of financing costs eating away from the bottom line. And they want to help you reduce your loan payment to the bank. So here we go. Patch of Land offers a fix and flip loan program that only charges interest on the funds that have been dispersed as opposed to tradition, the traditional model of lenders charging interest on the whole loan amount at the beginning. You save a lot of money this way and it can be misleading when you get your terms quoted to you by the lender at a particular rate if they charge all of the interest up front versus upon distributions. Patch of Land's got a document that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper to educate yourself on questions you should ask the lender. Regardless if you go with Patch of Land, you've got to get this document to educate yourself on the questions to ask your lender to make sure you're getting the best financing terms. The document's at patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. That's patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Patch of Land, they can close in as little as seven days and they can help you through this program save thousands of dollars on your deals, make more money, and uh, have a better business and grow your fix and flip business. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff of stuff. With us today, Eddie Lauren. How you doing, Eddie? Great. Great to be with your best ever listeners. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. And congratulations on the launch of your new crowdfunding REIT called Impact Housing. Thank you. A little bit more about Eddie. He's got 25 years of experience in investment real estate. His other company he was at before purchased close to 15,000 units in over 40 transactions. He's handled over $700 million in transactions of Class A office buildings and retail, and he is based in sunny Los Angeles, California. So that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. I've been doing value-add real estate, deep value-add, buying neglected and often challenged properties for many, many years. We take pride in having the vision to see what others don't see. That's how we make a good deal. Good deals are made and not found. So we go in and we look at a property and we say, oh my God, we got to figure out how to make this thing thrive. So we start with a sign. When someone looks at the sign of a 200 unit apartment community, we want them to say, I only wish I could afford to live there. So a really stylish sign, great branding. And once they get inside, lo and behold, they actually can afford to live there. So it's really exciting to be able to make people have good, nice homes. So resort-style pools, 
state-of-the-art fitness centers, outdoor social areas, beautiful clubhouses, nice paint jobs to attract people. And we give people after-school programming for health and wellness as well to get the kids involved. So you go into the interior of the units. We are value engineers. We don't overspend, but we spend enough so we can get a decent 36-month return on that investment. Let's say we spend 3500 a unit. We would like to see a $100 bump just to make sure that we get that value over 35 to 48 months. And as a result, we cap that when we sell, and that's how we make the profit. So we're deep value add guys, and we love to transform and give people a clean, safe, affordable place to live. We treat them with respect and dignity. And the good news is that they stay, they pay, and they refer their friends. The apartment communities that you're describing, what type of class would they be? Oh, C plus, and we're bringing them to a B plus. You know, we're in the workforce space, blue collar. We're mm-hmm. giving good, hardworking people a nice place to live, and you don't have to give them much, but they do appreciate being respected, and we're striving to have better retention. And like I said, they stay, they pay, and they refer their friends. That's how you create a sense of community. We want someone to walk in our places and feel like, oh, the chemistry's right, happy management, happy residents, results in happy investors. And just for my own clarification, you are talking about apartments, obviously, but then when I was looking at your bio, it also says, and perhaps this is a typo, but correct me if I'm wrong, 700 million in transactions in class A office buildings and retail. Is that accurate? That's accurate, but not in the last 15 years. I started my career in commercial, and I realized that the institutional game is really difficult. Oftentimes, when you do office and industrial and and retail, half of your TIs and leasing commissions, that's half your cash flow for a five-year hold. Being in apartments, I found, was much more nimble. So I cut my teeth, so to speak, on the commercial side, and I ended up where I feel I'm most needed and most beneficial in the apartment game. And we take pride in changing people's lives because if you change your environment, you can change their lives. So since 2008, that stat where you and your team have purchased close to 15,000 units and 40 transactions, that's primarily apartments? Oh, 100% apartments, 100% value add. And prior to that, we purchased for another company where we all worked. The whole team left in 08. 25,000 units we did since 2000. Mm. So we have extensive experience in apartments. Maybe I should get rid of that in my bio, but that's how I started the business. It's good to know where you came from. Now, that's where you came from. What are you focused on right now? Right now, we're focused on the opportunity to give investors a triple bottom line. Of course, everybody wants a financial return. We provide a social return by changing people's environment and an environmental return by putting in low-flow toilets, energy retrofits, etc. So that's the goal is to give investors a great return and make a difference in the world. We're trying to change this world one apartment at a time. And the fact that we have this opportunity to do crowdfunding is incredible. Now, anyone and everyone, regardless of whether they're wealthy or not, can put their IRA money or they can invest as little as $1,000 today. It never was possible for the average investor to be able to invest directly in private real estate offerings, other than through Wall Street and REITs and of course, there's a lot of load, and those kind of REITs, while they're great, they tend to not play in the arenas we play, and we're trying to do something different than we have been for many years and go to the masses with this opportunity, and that's 
to buy more distressed real estate. And the Wall Street firms, they kind of turned their nose at that, which is understandable. So talk to us about just putting together a REIT, just the process involved and anything that you think is relevant. Wow. Well, the SEC is quite scrutinous. It's been a year and a half since the idea came about, and Reg A Plus just passed. So since accredited and non-accredited alike are allowed to come into these offerings, the SEC is ever more scrutinous to make sure that the consumer is protected. So all of our track record was scanned and rescanned, and it's all available at impacthousing.com. So it took about five or six reiterations in order for the SEC to be able to approve the offering, the documents, and everything that's posted. And I can't say anything without making sure that the SEC is okay with it. For instance, I can't project future returns. I can tell you that we have almost always delivered as much as an 8% cash and cash return in the past, but I have to tell you that, of course, past performance isn't indicative of future results. So there's a lot more protections for the consumer where there should be. But again, our track record is impeccable, and you can check it out online. We've delivered in the past over 28 buildings that we've sold in the last couple of years, we've delivered mid-20s IRR. Mm-hmm. Future is not necessarily predicated by the past, and all investments are risky. But I've never had to watch what I say. <laughs> it's, it's really a good thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's there to protect everybody. But look, the bottom line is you want to invest with someone who knows what they're doing. They see something other people don't see, and they've done it over and over. We're like a franchise. We're like McDonald's. Like I said, we start with the sign. We move through the asset. We transform these properties in the same manner over and over again. It's quite boring, but cash flow is boring too. And it's really important that you buy assets to make sure that you can cash flow day one and all the value add is only an enhancement. Mm -hmm. The five or six iterations you said that you all went through, what are the main differences between the first and the last? Oh, they just tables the tables of our track record and how they wanted them lined up and how we presented it and just the numbers. You changed two people at the SEC. Unfortunately, we had two people. One was on vacation and then someone else dips in and they want to see something a different way. And the way you disclose your offering and they change the offering to add more specific examples. It's just mostly wording and tables and presentation. The facts are the facts. The deal is the deal. It's just Fortunately, it's very well scrutinized, and it just takes a lot of time to get through and years later. Like when you go to get a permit to do something. You may have a guy at the government or at the city that goes on vacation or takes a leave of absence. You've got to start all over again. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. You mentioned that you can't project future returns. So how do you show investors what you anticipate the project doing? We're going to be buying the same product that we've always bought, and by the track record, that's what they allow us to show. We're going to deliver, we feel the same thing that we always delivered. So past performance is the best way to get an example. Okay. Let's talk about the last deal you all bought. Will you tell us the details of the last one? I can pick one. Sure. One of my favorite deals, we bought a high-rise in Dallas. It was 50 a door, and we ended up putting in 10000 a unit and we sold it for 100,000 units. So that was a huge value add. If people can relate to an old dinosaur in the 60s, very white, monolithic building, ugly, and we made it into, uh, inspired by a Viceroy type of hotel or some of these 
Mondrian, some of these really high-end hotels, we get ideas from hotels and we make a beautiful lobby and clubhouse area with uplighting and uplight the outside of the building and put really high-end clubhouse at the top floor. And we were able to do different things to make it feel very cool, yet keep the rents in a manner that was still affordable. You know, our rent structures, we don't do a lot of high-end stuff, if, if at all. We're, we're on the lower end. By $100, if you're moving rents from 800 to $900, it's still pretty much affordable and it's good value to the resident. But it really, all that sticks to the bottom line because that $100 difference, because the expenses are primarily the same. So the more you add value in terms of rent, it really does trickle down to the bottom line. And what is your role in the process in the next acquisition that you do? Well, I'm the visionary. I go in and I try to look at based on my 40,000 units of experience and I take a look and say, oh, we did this on, let's say, Shadow Oaks in Tampa. I can do the same thing here. Or your memory bank is there. You know what you've done and you can see most assets. And I call myself a visionary. I try to see a way to enhance and landscaping and uh, general fitness center improvements, clubhouse, coffee house, all these crazy ideas that have worked and they're great and it's different than the competition because let's face it, when you drive down the row, there's some markets like in Atlanta, you'll see 10, 15 apartment buildings. How do you stand out? You have to do something different. And to me, that's the fun part of this business. That's what I specialize in. And we've done it over and over consistently and very successfully. What are some of the go-to approaches that you take to stand out? Well, many people don't have them now. I'm giving away my secrets, right? <laughs> Outdoor fitness is kind of cool and surrounded by a playground. So the adults have a playground to work out and the kids have a playground to play. And we have barbecue pits and try to create that sense of community and a sense of pride of ownership. Even though they're renters, they still, everybody wants to feel proud to where they live. So to me, it's about creating places for people to thrive. And we're on the lower end. Often they're neglected mm -hmm. or they're overlooked. Let's take some of these retail specialty or lifestyle centers. I get ideas from hotels and lifestyle centers and retail and creating a sense of community. To me, that's more important than necessarily the interiors, although we do a great job on the interiors. I think the exteriors are what sells people, the fitness center, the resort-style pool. Sense of community. People still want to be involved and belong and, and feel loved. That's, to me, the bottom line. That's what makes me tick. What are some areas that, at the beginning, when you weren't as seasoned, you or your team might be spending money on, whereas now you don't put as much money towards them? Well, we tried granite counters. We thought, oh, my God, we're going to take this C and make it an A. Not realistic, and there's no return on it. But you try different things, and you make mistakes, and you learn. So that's one example. You also, to take and six-panel doors, although it looks fabulous, it's not that cost-effective to spend three, $400 just on new doors. You don't get a return on that, especially when your rent levels are in the $800 range, $700 range, you know? Mm -hmm. So these are the decisions you have to make to value engineer. When you do the value engineering, what are some basic things that you'll always do for every property, tactically speaking? Signage, resort-style pool, state-of-the-art fitness center, outdoor fitness, new paint job, renovate and 
hard surface floors instead of carpet because it doesn't wear as well. We'll do new fixtures, gooseneck faucet, lighting, ceiling fans. The low-hanging fruit, we always do consistently. It's the other more expensive upgrades you have to make a decision on. Got it. If a property does not have a pool, do you put a pool in? That's a great question. We have one now. We're actually, we bought it 27 a door, 27,000 a unit. And I speak in nomenclature. I assume I'm not talking out of school here, but that's the way we talk about how much per unit. And we're selling it at 47,000 a unit. It's in Dallas, Fort Worth suburb. And the fact is it has no pool and it didn't matter. We made that decision. Almost 90%, 95% of every deal has a pool. This one didn't. And it was a big decision. Can we justify $100,000, $150,000 to put a pool in and do all the accoutrements uh, translating to divided by 100? That's a lot of money. Is that really worth it? And we decided no, and it turned out to be okay. What's something you would tell a beginning apartment investor based on your experience? What advice would you give him or her? You got to look at the current rents today and don't think about where the rents are or you hope to be tomorrow. You have to make sure you're okay buying today what you're buying. And that's the most important thing. Everybody got in trouble before the crash in the 2000s buying on future rents and overlevered based on future rents. And that's the problem. But if you're happy and satisfied with what the rents are today and you can live with that return because it's still better than sticking in cash in the bank, then you're fine. And you can always do other things to enhance that return. But the bottom line is you got to be satisfied and buy on today's cash flow. What is real? When you meet with your team and they brief you on a new opportunity, what are some of the questions you always ask? What's the price per door? What are the comps? Where are the rents? Those are the gut check things, the basics. And that's only coming from experience of 40,000 units over all the years. And then we immediately, thankfully, Google, we can drive. We don't have to even go there. Before we can decide, we can go on Google, that little yellow man on Google, and you drop him on the street. You can drive up and down and they're all around. You can really get a feel for a neighborhood and see what's there. And you do an aerial view and you can look at the median income, demographics. You can find what are the new employers because Let's face it, apartments are all about jobs. And you want to be in an area that's got some mojo and there's new jobs coming in. And if you see that Amazon decided to come wherever they decide to go, that's going to be something you can make a more aggressive bet on if you know that it's real. So there's the art and the science in the business, right? Mm -hmm. The science is the numbers and all the vital signs, the heartbeat, etc., the pulse, so to speak. But there's also the art, and that only comes from experience and your gut and your wisdom and most important, common sense. Many people don't realize that real estate is about common sense. Would you be satisfied living there? Not would you live there? Do you well, obviously you may not want to live there, but would you live there? Would you feel safe there? Do you feel this is a good investment in your gut? That's what you have to listen to because you're all people. This business is not that complicated. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think I just gave it. I'll repeat it and say, buy on today's rents. Mm -hmm. Do not get ahead of yourself and use your common sense. You're not going to buy it if you don't think anything's going anywhere. So obviously you don't want to just buy a deal 
and hope that the rents will move, but you want to buy it based on what you know you have today and you, in your gut you think you can move the needle because otherwise why would you do it? So if you're buying severely distressed properties, then I imagine there's not a whole lot of rent going on. Well, sometimes like we bought a property in Tampa that was 80% occupied because we had a, a foreign investor who just neglected it and didn't care about it. And part of it had an affordable component to it. And that kind of complicated it. And they were out of compliance. It's not necessarily distressed, it's neglect. Because the distress happened in 2010, 2011, 12, after the crash. There's not much distress, not much distress left. Right. There's but there's plenty of people are neglect or... There are families who've owned these properties forever and it's time for them to take their money off the table or someone dies or there's a divorce. There's always a reason Mm -hmm. to do a deal and you just don't know until you dig into the facts and you try to figure out what's the motivation of the seller. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for it? Sure. I don't know what it is. (laughs) You're ready for it. I can tell. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan, and conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com. All right. What's the best ever book you've read? Believe it or not, I'm, I'm showing vulnerability here. I'm a worrier. I worry about my investors. I worry about everything. I worry about myself. How to Stop Worrying and Start Living from the 40s. I mean, some of the references are so old and so funny, but Dale Carnegie is my guru, my Bible. I always refer to it because I'm a worrier, but I guess people want to invest with a worrier because that's why we are successful. <laughs> What's the best ever deal you've done that you have not mentioned? We bought another deal in Dallas that was kind of off the radar in a great location. We got it off market and we came up with a branding policy that we kind of put a logo into it and we painted it. The sign itself had a sailboat on it and the sailboat actually was a cutout sailboat so it really attracted attention. We painted it the colors of oranges and kind of a blue gray and it just felt like a, a sea ship and it's 200 units and we just knocked it out of the park on there it just again it was just the branding like i said good deals are made not found that was one that comes to mind since it's lightning round what's a mistake you've made on a transaction well prior to the crash we all learned that's why i keep harping on you got to buy on today's cash flow. If you get ahead of yourself and you think tomorrow's returns are going to be there and you lever up based on tomorrow's returns, that's, that's a recipe for not so good. Best ever way you like to give back? We have our nonprofit Happy Healthy Apartment Property Initiative and have health and wellness programming inside the clubhouses of our properties. And we have community gardens and to see the, some of these lower income kids 
the faces to be able to grow food in the food desert. And the food desert is an area where you really can't find a lot of fruits and vegetables, and there are not whole foods around. When you can see the face of someone come to life that they can eat what they've grown, that's pretty awesome. And so, oftentimes, programming is in YMCA's, churches, etc. But we have a captive audience. We have a clubhouse, so we can do a lot of good for the residents, create a sense of community right where they live. So this is the foundation we started, and it's a nonprofit. Very excited about having Happy as part of every one of the properties that we'll buy in the REIT ImpactHousing.com. And speaking of impact housing, how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? Well, they can go to the website, see the video, kind of a great culmination of all that we've done and all that we do. And of course, they can email me at E-L-O-R-I-N at impacthousing.com. And we look forward to changing the world one apartment at a time, like we said. You know. well, Eddie, thank you for sharing your experiences. I mean, you gave a lot of really helpful tips for apartment investors and then just real estate investors in general, but specifically apartment investors for sure, from ways to add value to apartment communities, what your approach is. First, it starts with a sign. You want them to think, I wish I could afford to live there. And then once they're inside, they say, oh, I guess I can afford to live here. Once they meet with the staff and hear about the pricing and things, the approach you take to ways you add value, new paint, renovate, the interiors, new fixtures, gooseneck, faucet, resort style pool, that sort of thing. And then the lessons learned along the way, making sure that we're happy with today's rents. Even though we have value-add components to the deal, we can't buy hoping that today's rents turn it into a cash-flowing property. It needs to be a property that we're happy with, and then we'll enhance the NOI once we implement the program. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. All the best. You're a best-ever listener. That was a great recap. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, my friend, and it's nice meeting you, and congrats on everything you're doing and have done, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you. All the best. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.